Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we're breaking down the Mayo Bowl. Wisconsin, huge win over Wake Forest. A little bit of a slow start, but the second half came out firing, and uh, it was a really enjoyable game to watch. I know there's been a lot of frustration for Badger fans this season, but to end it with a bowl win and uh, a victory over Minnesota, Certainly puts a good taste in your mouth as you head into 2021. So we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about a little, um, some other football news, um, and then we'll talk briefly about some basketball. Of course, the last time out for Wisconsin basketball was not so pleasant as the as the Mayo Bowl was, but we'll get into that, and then we'll break down their big matchup coming up with Minnesota. So uh, plenty to get to as we round out this football season and start that uh, transition into the off season. So uh, before we do that, plenty of Mayo Bowl talk to get to. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, was able to go ahead and clean off the end of the driveway, and I've uh, got a couple beers in me, so this is about perfect. Can't complain about that. Can't complain about that at all. Yeah, that uh, that snow was not fun to clean off. This was the one of the days where uh, I was I was happy to have uh, be an apartment with underground parking. There's a lot of there's a lot that sucks with renting, like writing that rent check every month, but not having to clear a driveway was a uh, a nice one, uh, a nice win for us renters, uh, which which doesn't happen too often. But yeah, the Mayo Bowl was a good time. I think uh, I think both teams were were happy to be there um, and really enjoyed it. And Wisconsin and, and Wake Forest both kind of had moments this season where it was rough, and, and both programs bought back in. Thankfully, Wisconsin it ended ended you know on a high note. You know these last two wins I think will really help set them up for 2021. But let's get into the discussion a little bit here. They came out, Wake Forest came out, and, and I, I thought maybe this might happen where Badgers kind of got off to a slow start. 11 a.m. on a Wednesday kick for a bowl game is kind of odd already. Um, you know, Wake Forest, of course, a closer team. Wisconsin had to travel a little bit more. Came out to slow start, 14 nothing. How worried were you after that first quarter when things were just really not breaking Wisconsin's way at all? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the way that Wake Forest just absolutely marched down the field on Wisconsin, and it was like, oh, um, that was a pretty big shot to the stomach for the Wisconsin defense, who's been so wiped out all year long. You look at the first drive, nine plays, 65 yards in, in under four minutes. The second drive, six plays, 71 yards in under two minutes. So it was it was very quickly um, out of hand for Wisconsin, but um, kudos for the staff for, for coming together, rallying the team. And the players making the plays to completely shift the momentum, especially in the second half, because it, it, like you said, it really looked dark there for a little bit, especially when you looked at how the Badgers were doing on offense as well with a three and out to start and then a, a four and out the, the next possession. So Wisconsin was lucky that they were able to survive some of those, that early start, which we saw um, with the basketball team. I know that we're going to talk about later as two, but but, man, I, I thought it, it wasn't looking great, but it was great to see them bounce back and, and uh, put things together for, for the win. 
Yeah, I was glad that those guys, you know, in bowl games like that, you can see sometimes where it gets, if you come out flat and it starts not the way you want to go, sometimes that can snowball, and then next thing you know, it's over and guys are kind of, you know, whatever, it's the end of the season and, and we can be done with it. But Wisconsin did do that. They rallied, bounced back. It was definitely a nerve-wracking first first quarter because, like you mentioned, Wake Forest, you know, this is, this we talked about in the last episode, this is the best offense that Wisconsin has faced statistically. They do a little bit things different in terms of tempo and, and their spread attack, something Wisconsin. When you look this season, not a lot of their opponents get out and, and do that. Of course, Indiana does a little bit. With Michael Penix, you might have got a test like that, but he didn't play. So really they hadn't faced an offensive attack that, that uses tempo and the spread quite like that. So I figured there might be some adjustment period, and thankfully for Wisconsin, they were able to adjust and, and really bounce back in that second quarter, kind of held their own. Thankfully, they benefited from some plays to, to tie it up going into halftime. In the second half, you know, Jim Leonard, credit to his defense and his adjustments, they really made some some key decisions to, to change some things, and it worked out for the best because it was pretty much all Wisconsin that second half, and, and it was really a lot of fun to watch. Those interceptions after interception was just pure entertainment in, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, you look at the way that Wake Forest was absolutely crushing the Badgers on those man-beating routes, the switch routes. Um, you know, they were doing glances all day long, and eventually Wisconsin caught on. Um, Jim Leonard did a great job with kind of switching up what the team was doing, t- reminding them of their keys, and you saw the safeties starting to be able to come up and, and um, get aggressive on breaking on some of those routes, and then you saw Jack Sanborn also dropping into coverage to get that one as well. So I, I thought that the defense deserves a lot of credit in this game, and they played really well. The offense was put in some, some really nice situations, but it was nice for, to see them put up 42 points. That's the most points that Wisconsin's ever put up in a bowl game, which is um, kind of a startling statistic. But at the same time, it's you look at it, nothing in the first quarter, and then they were consistent 14 points in the second, third, and fourth quarter to, to put that one away um, and, and really silence Wake Forest, which was huge. Yeah, it was really nice to see, and, you know, it was kind of – not surprising, but it was it was really nice because Wake Forest, we talked about it last episode, wasn't a team that turned the ball over very much. That wasn't something that that they normally do. Um, they've, they've normally done a really good job this season of taking care of the football. Um, Sam Hartman coming into that game only had one interception. They, they didn't turn it over. They forced turnovers themselves. So we talked about it in our last episode and how important that would be. I didn't expect Wisconsin to force – Four of them, um, and, and really caused some havoc on the interception side of it. But it was it was great to see. I know for some of these Wisconsin defensive guys, it's been a season where you know Leo Chanel and Sanborn, and they haven't forced a lot of sacks or a lot of turnovers. They came out and just played today, and and really showed that that they're ready to hopefully make another jump next year. I think this this linebacker group will be really solid again next year with, and and this will be some building momentum into next season so it was it was nice to see that performance for sure and I'm sure those guys are relieved to end it like that because I'm sure there was a little bit of you know built up frustration throughout the year that they weren't getting home for sacks they weren't forcing a lot of turnovers like Jim Leonard's defense of normal you know normal normal teams and teams of years past have forced a lot of turnovers and then sacks so thankfully for Wisconsin linebackers those guys so they were able to end the year on a really the highest of notes and I think that'll build them some momentum as they go into next season. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, you know, you look at it, you're right. Just 
for the Badgers to get back in the turnover column and in the plus side of it uh, against Wake Forest, the team who had three turnovers coming into this game and forced four of them, um, I, I think that that's really what defined this game. You also add in the pump block, and that really just completely shifted momentum. Um, it, it was nice to see Wisconsin not on the losing end of a, a punting blunder for once, um, but it was it was a great performance by the Wisconsin defense to rise to the challenge, get this get this victory, and, and like you said, this gives them a nice spring springboard into next year, which hopefully they can they can rally around and. Um, get ready for the spring where hopefully you have a semi-normal spring here um, in some fashion. You know, I doubt it's for, on the media end is going to be normal, but maybe for the player end they can have normal availability and be able to, to do their thing because that's really vital for the Wisconsin program. Um, so there's, this is a big win for those seniors who are probably playing their last game. And, and like you said, a nice springboard for the guys who are coming back for next year. Yeah, I think that'll be a really positive note to, to start the year on. You know, you beat your rival, win the Axe, you, you go and you win a bowl game. Granted, yeah, it wasn't the bowl game. It, coming into the season, you would have expected and, and wanted more of that. But once the season kind of, once you started to look at the season as kind of an extended spring and, and really getting you prepped for next year, the way I think a lot of, um, you know, Wisconsin coaching staff, when you're working some of these younger guys in, it seemed like they were looking at it a little bit that way in, in the bowl game, especially. We'll talk about it a little later. But, a lot of young faces in there. I think it'll really springboard them well, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, you have a, a normal spring season this year for them on the field, and then it can start things up uh, for them, you know, next year completely normal and, and ready to go. Because I think that would make a big difference to have a normal schedule, have the guys that you hope to have. I know there's a lot of injuries that maybe that gets overshadowed a little bit with the pandemic and everything like that, but. There was a lot of injuries for this team as well. So to just get back to normalcy next year, I think that would do this this team a lot of good as you start to build into that 2021 season, which will be an important one. You look at the schedule uh, for next year, not to get too far ahead, but it's a tough schedule out of the gates. So you want to have as much normalcy coming in next year as possible. Uh, moving on down here, the offense really didn't do a whole lot. They didn't have to do um, a lot, which was probably good. Wisconsin's offense this year has probably struggled more than years past, and and really benefited from having some good field positions. So nobody really, really stood out. No one had a huge game offensively, but still put up a lot of points. Obviously, a lot of that was contributed to the defense, putting them in really good spots. But what did you take from that unit's performance overall? Yeah, I mean, they grinded it out. It, it was They were still shorthanded. You look at the number of people that were not out there for the Badgers that were starters. You had your two top wide receivers. You had you had the guy you had thought was going to be the starting running back in Nikia Watson coming into the year. You had two offensive line starters off, and, and really they, they were able to do what they needed to do to get the win. You saw guys like Jack Dunn continue to play well. Uh, Chimray DK had a good game as well. I, I was really impressed with the fullbacks. They, they came to play. Um, you, you look at it, they have six six um, touchdowns from fullbacks this year. The next highest in the nation is two. Um, so the the Badgers really relied on just how talented those fullbacks were um, and what they could do in, in the red zone to get the, the short yardage. Um, I, I thought Graham Mertz, he, he was up and down. He played decent enough for the, to help this team win. Um, it was kind of eerily reminiscent of what we saw out of um, Jack Conan that might – 
Orange Bowl against Miami, or not the Pinstripe Bowl, I should say, against Miami, where, you know, he didn't do anything flashy, had some nice plays, missed a couple throws that he wishes he could have had back, um, where he, you know, he, he clearly missed a couple uh, Jake Ferguson tosses that I, I'm best guessing he, um, if, if he just kind of settled himself, probably would have had. But, but really, it's, it's an, once again, another springboard to, to hopefully a, a good boost of confidence for the kid going into next year. And we still saw some head-scratching moments from the coaching staff and what they were doing on offense. But at the same time, uh, we saw them do what they needed to do to get the win and take advantage of what the defense gave them. Yeah, I think I think the defense really helped them, um, you know, set that up, and, and they took advantage of it that way as well. You know, just trying not to do too much. The offense, it is what it is at this point with with the offensive performances. The the coaching staff, I didn't get too upset with it because you're just trying to get through the rest of this year. The I know everyone's kind of getting drove crazy by Graham Mertz having to run to the sidelines and, and get the plays, things like that. Hopefully, all that can just um, be scrapped and, and fixed in this off season. But for the most part, the 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 offense took advantage of the personnel. They the the fullbacks like you mentioned were were great. I know uh, Chanel only had the one touchdown. I thought I thought one of those two had another one. Um, but but really, even on the the Graham Mertz ones, they were shoving him in the back to get him in there. So uh, it's always nice to see on a national stage the fullbacks coming out and and showing respect to the position and. And people realizing that fullbacks still do exist and are a big part of their offense. So I, I love when Wisconsin can come out and, and use that part of their offense. And Wake Forest wasn't prepared for it. You know, you saw the Schnall. They were all kind of key in other running backs and key in on Stocky a little bit. And then you know, hand it off to your number two fullback, who is still pretty solid. So uh, offensively, nothing to, to really write home about. But at the same time, they did enough and, and we're set up in really good field position that they took advantage of it and scored some points. So really that's all you can ask for. If, if you're set up with short drives to, to punch the ball in, they did that. So it, overall it'll it'll be a nice boost for them to come into to next year. And I think that's kind of the theme of our episode is that's what these bowl games do is really set you up um, for success in future years because you get to build some momentum, you get to work some of these younger guys in, and, and that kind of transitions us nicely to our next question here. A lot of young guys, a lot of new faces that that were worked into the fold. You got you know guys like Aaron Witt, Devin Chandler had a nice kick return or a, um, kick return there. Logan Brown got worked in, was mauling some guys, which was really nice to see. So, how big is that part of it? You know, bowl games are, are awesome. You get your seniors sent off hopefully the right way, but you also have to walk that fine line with getting these older guys you know sent off the right way and getting these younger guys worked in for next year. So, how nice was it to see some of those young guys? You know, like the Browns, the Chandlers, and the Wits to to get in there and and really make an impact. Oh, it's it's absolutely huge. I think I think that's the the number one thing from this game that you can take away. Like in in a vacuum, the Mayo Bowl doesn't mean a damn thing. But what what comes of it, the extra practices that you gain leading up to the bowl game, the experience that a guy like an Aaron Witt who had the lone sack for the Badgers, or even Jalen Berger who had that had you know, a couple weeks off, got his patented 15 carries once again and, and looked good in doing it other than when the line got absolutely blown up and he was tackled in the backfield. Um, but but Devin Chandler looked really good on a couple different plays. Um, you you look at a guy like even like Jalen Franklin, who's been in the program for a little bit, to get that blocked punt, that is such a huge confidence boost booster for him going into the offseason where – we don't know what's going to happen with a guy like Jake Ferguson. Maybe Jalen Franklin's going to be your H-back uh, and a guy who's going to see more playing time next year. So I, I think you, you look at it, 
three of the four guys who got interceptions are all coming back next year with Sanborn, Nelson, as, as well as Wilder. That, those are big things for this team. It helps them um, get ready for next year. And, and really, this is just a confidence game. You, you look at Graham Mertz, once again, a guy who who's really had a roller coaster of the year. And in for him to go out, um, we'll talk about uh, the championship trophy, but at the same time, everything else was was okay. You know, it was he he did what he needed to do. Had a couple tosses that that came back because of stupid penalties, but but in the end, he did what he needed to do to help this team win. And, and really, in a really crummy year that has affected everybody, this team was able to go out on a high point, and that really just cranks things going into the off season when you're doing winter conditioning it makes it show you that hey it was worth it it's going to be worth worth it when we put in that grind and that effort again this winter yeah i like that you mentioned that you know i think these guys are going to look at it and say it was you know those those extra 10 practices over the last 10 days were were worth it and you know some i i understand it from both ways for some teams were were opting out and just being done i i totally get why and, and the logistic and the logical reasons behind that but at the same time, if you go out and you get you're one of the few and even lesser teams this this year with with so many cancellations and and you know teams like Iowa they wanted to play a ball lost their ball I know they didn't lose the game on the field but that's still you end the season on kind of a rough note that you wanted to go play in a bowl game you didn't if you get able to get to your bowl game and and thankfully win that game not a lot of teams are getting that opportunity so that kind of springboards you for next year and and these guys are taking that and. It was all smiles in the locker room, like you mentioned. We'll talk about the trophy here in a second, but these guys, you know, you know, merch smiling, everybody's dancing after the game. I know it's the Mayo Bowl. I know it's the Mayo Bowl trophy, and in the grand scheme, it's not a Rose Bowl. It's not a playoff berth, unless you're, you know, so select four teams playing for the playoff, and and really two teams are probably going to win that and, and get to a championship anyway. It doesn't really matter, but to these guys and this coaching staff, it does matter because it'll really springboard them into next season in a strong way. So I'm excited to see what these guys can do next year. And I think the Mayo Bowl was a big boost and getting some of these younger guys some playing time helps as well. You know, we talked about, you talked about Devin Chandler. Logan Brown was absolutely uh, mauling guys and, and looked like a guy that was ready to play uh, at the next level. And with Cole Van Lannon, um, you know, going to the next level, Logan Brown's going to step in at that left tackle position. And, and I don't think you really have to worry about him there at all right now. So it's it's a big positive momentum boost to to get to that part of the season, get some of these younger guys in, and, and thankfully come away with a win because you, you still get guys some performance and some playing time but if you lose, but a win just puts a, a nice bow on the top of that present. Without a doubt, and, and you also look at it, uh, Jack Sanborn had a really good game, uh, took took home MVP awards. You you also look, though, at, at a guy like Caesar Williams who kind of struggled in this game, um, a kid who was on the fence about whether he's going to come back or not next year. Maybe you get an extra year of him because he was slipping all over due to cleat issues. Maybe you, you see him next year back in a Wisconsin uniform. So one of those, you know, hidden possible uh, – Easter eggs to get out of this game that could really help this team going into next year because you look at it, Wake Forest still put up over 500 yards of total offense. Like they they were moving the ball at will at, for large chunks of this game until the the those four interceptions in a row that Sam Hartman just looked completely lost and Wisconsin just um, was, was able to you know steal his lunch all game long. So 
I think this Badger team has a lot uh, going forward, a lot of positive momentum um, from this game, but it's it's also one of those where you look at some of those seniors, and it's a good way for a guy like Noah Burks to go out, who, who came away with an interception and a nice return um, in likely his final game after, you know, having a ho-hum season that you didn't hear a lot from him. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and that kind of takes us, you know, you talk about the end of the season, it kind of takes us to another um, good transition here. Paul Christ, uh, ending the season on a high note is a theme for him at Wisconsin. 5-1 and one in bowl games. Really the one loss, of course, last year, the Rose Bowl. It took, you know, Justin Herbert playing the game of his life, a few suspect calls in that one. So bowl-wise, Wisconsin always comes to play well, and Paul Christ, there's no exception to that. Um, he's came out, and his teams have always played well. How big of an impact is that, and what do you think it is about Wisconsin that always seems to play well? Is there anything specific in your eyes that you see that maybe makes you think that Wisconsin is always kind of ready for these type of games? Well, I think first and foremost, it validates your bowl prep. Whatever Paul Christ is, is doing, whatever he's putting in the water leading up to bowl prep, keep doing it because it, it seems to work. You know, you mentioned last year, and, and that was just, you know, just wanted to make you pull your hair out. It was just bad game all around. Wisconsin just did terrible in, in a lot of different facets. But but for the most part, Wisconsin plays up. They they get um, they get into the game and are able to win. Most bowl games have to a lot to do with which team really wants it. And Wisconsin comes into these games and generally um, plays hard. You know, we've seen Miami um, not do that. Um, you know, multiple times in the past few seasons, where whereas Wisconsin is doing a really good job with that. Um, additionally, um, I, I think Paul does a really good job of this is a moment where his his um, even keel nature does it, helps this team out because in in a bowl game, there's always going to be those highs and lows and, and everything changing because you're feeling each other out. This is a brand new opponent that you're not used to. And in Wisconsin, you didn't see them flinch. You didn't see them panic when Wake Forest went up 14, and I think that helps you um, because it does take about a quarter for you to figure out how the other team is going to do things, get used to it. Like, there's only so many ways that Wisconsin could have gone ahead and and scouted Roberson. Like, Roberson's a stud out there, and Green's a stud too, but Roberson especially. And Wisconsin doesn't have a guy on their roster that can replicate him, especially in the scout team when you are down, you know, three or four of your top wide receivers. So, it, you knew it was going to take some time for them to get adjusted to the tempo. And I, I think another thing is Wisconsin plays a very different brand of football than um, in the Big Ten than a lot of places around. Like the ACC, you don't really see another ACC team that's going to run the ball down your throat and then going to do it again. Wisconsin didn't do that well at the running in running the ball this game, um, only averaged 2.8 yards a carry. But at the same time, this is still their bread and butter. They still are a physical offensive line. You saw Graham Mertz have plenty of time most of the game um, because of well, the work of that offensive line. So I think that's another thing is Wisconsin runs a different scheme defensively and offensively than most teams see. So Wisconsin kind of is, is a tough matchup for a lot of teams that are coming from a different conference, especially if all things are equal talent-wise. Yeah, I think Wisconsin really knows who they are, and I know that's kind of a cliche that a lot of people will use, but it's it's kind of true. You know, you know who you are, you lean on your run game, you lean on your offensive line, and you lean on a strong defense. And um, in these bowl games, I think I think a lot of opponents see Wisconsin and, and 
probably don't want to play Wisconsin just because you know that you're going to get their best effort and you're going to get a team that knows who they are and knows what they want to do. So, um, And it's kind of the same way with basketball. You know, They know their system. It's know what they want to do. They're going to play it a certain way, and you're just going to have to kind of play with them. And I think Wisconsin does a good job. And, and I like that you mentioned the even keelness of Paul Chris because I think some head coaches will really play it up and they'll, you know, rah, rah, Dabo Sweeney and talk about the other team and, and all that stuff. Paul Chris is just, you know, coming out and, and they're going to practice and they're going to go play a bowl game. They're going to try their try their best to play their best and, and let the chips fall where they may. And I think sometimes the, the rah-rahness works for, for certain places and certain programs, but I think for Wisconsin, just knowing who they are and, and what they want to do and, and keeping that level head allows them to come out and, and, like you said, play with anyone, play their competition. I mean, these last six years, the bowl games have all been really fun to watch. All of them have been pretty good tests. You know, the, even the Orange Bowl with Miami, they were coming in, and, and no one really expected Wisconsin to come out and play the way that they did, and they ended up doing it. You know, every year, the the media, the, the national media, ESPNs of the world, kind of kind of gravitate to the Wisconsin opponent because Wisconsin maybe doesn't win as flashy throughout the year, but Wisconsin comes out time and time again and, and knows who they are and does what they does what they want to do, and, and usually. At least in the last six seasons, the Wisconsin has really come out on top. So it's been impressive. I know it's the Mayo Bowl, and one of them was the Pinstripe Bowl, but they've also won some big ones, uh, you know, winning the Cotton Bowl and, and the Orange Bowl and, and hanging tough in that Rose Bowl game. So any bowl game for Wisconsin, I always expect them to, to hang tough, and you're really going to get their best effort each time out. For sure. All right. The trophy. <laughs> it dropped. It shattered in postgame celebration. Just how – fitting is that in 2020 here to, to cap off this year? It's incredibly fitting. I mean, just this dumb season. I mean, it, I'm glad at the end of the day, you know, it was a, it was a weird season. It was a tough season for a lot, but I am glad they played. It was fun to watch at times. I know there were some low points of the season, but to drop the trophy, it, it's just a typical ending that, you know, maybe it was meant to be. Maybe they were meant to play this weird season and and go to the Mayo Bowl and and get that trophy and then drive. I, I it cracked me up that it was a Mertz fumble that that broke it as well um, because there was turnovers, there was Mertz fumbles, there was mistakes all year long, and he he was the one to drop it, which which I think was a fitting end, but also funny. You know, he had a smile on his face. The guys were laughing. It, it was a it was a fun joke. So I think this positive momentum, even with dropping the trophy, will will really set these guys up to relax and and headed to next year. But man, that I, I could help but laughing and laughing and laughing watching some of those videos that came out. Oh, my God. The best part about it was after it broke that they just took a bottle of mayo and put it in where the trophy head was and just let that be there and walked around with it. That was just <laughs> amazing uh, to, yeah. to see that. Um, you know, the other funny thing from the game was when the Badgers, when everything was down and out and the Badgers were getting creamed to start the game, when uh, Jack Dunn absolutely blew up <laughs> the leading tackler of Wake Forest, who has a who has a cowboy collar, and then just completely was talking trash to him, I that made me laugh so hard. So there was plenty of good moments in this game. Um, you know, it was it was a game that was really exciting because Wisconsin was able to put some things together, um, get a big win. But but there was definitely some some funny moments in it as well that just that just stood out because it was like, what what the hell are we doing here? Oh uh, yeah, it, it was a good moment to end it. The seeing that mayo <laughs> mayo uh, bottle strapped to the top was just just plain hilarious. So it was it was a fitting end for sure to this team in this season. And uh, 
a lot of laughs and a lot of good moments along the way. All right, so let's keep moving here. Next-wise, a little bit of news for the football team. Rumblings at Wisconsin and, and Marquise Steep, transfer running back from USC, are are in the running to land him as a transfer. What did you make of that? Because I think that's a story that's kind of been swept under the rug a little bit with the ball talk, but it's it's really been – I think he could be a really solid player as the Badgers kind of move into the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at what he is uh, and what he brought to the table at USC, and I think he fits really nicely with what Wisconsin did. Redshirted uh, his first year on campus there, only played in three games. But then you, you look at it, he's had some injury issues, played in six games um, a year ago, ran for, ran for uh, 6.5 yards of carry, and, and really flashed in that time. Um, wasn't nearly as consistent this year, only averaged 3.7 on 165 yards. But um, you, you also saw that USC completely shifted their, um, their offensive approach to more of an air raid. Uh, he's, he's a pro-style running back at six foot 235. He reminds you um, in stature of what you hope Nikia Watson to be in, in, as a thumper. I think he would pair really nicely with a guy like Jalen Berger. Um, and, and he was a much higher-rated recruit coming out of high school than Nikia Watson in that 2018 class. So um, Wisconsin wanted him out of high school, ended up going to USC. I think he'd be a huge addition because he, he's a really talented player that um, I, I think is kind of uh, stuck in that backfield. And, and we've seen this year just how important it is to have depth at the running back position. And Wisconsin just doesn't have it going into next year. We don't know what Garrett Groshek's going to be doing, if he's going to come back or not. Um, Nikia Watson, you know, his status is kind of in limbo after not playing these past couple of games. Um, Julius Davis, he got one carry this entire year, um, and that's your 2019 kid. So you can't go into the year and just be like, well, it's going to be Jalen Berger. you got to have somebody else um, as well to help you carry the load. And I think if, if they can bring him in, that would be a huge get. Um, he's from a big-time high school in Indianapolis as well. So if I, I think those inroads into Indiana would be helpful as well. So I think he's the type of guy that you usually take, and Wisconsin has done a phenomenal job with transfers in the past. You very rarely see um, a transfer not hit or work out with Wisconsin oftentimes. You know, I know um, Alan Everidge or, you know, Brock Tosico and, and stuff like that are, are bound to happen. But those are they were, <laughs> yeah, but those guys weren't four-star recruits that, uh, that were wanted by a lot of people and that were coming from USC here. Those, those are guys that were, um, you know, just, just kind of afterthoughts and were – and we're um, backup players that got passed up on the depth chart, and we're, we're coming over to play. Um, this, this is a guy who, you know, is, is very talented and I think fits nicely with what Wisconsin wants to do. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the really the, the point that I was looking to. He, he fits really well into Wisconsin's system. I think he could step in and really uh, contribute right away. It's not going a guy that's probably going to take much of a learning curve. His game fits right into that system. Um, so I, I really hope it ends up working out. You know, him at USC, for, for people that don't maybe know him, um, you know, his, his freshman season back in 2019, he looked like he was kind of going to be the next bell cow for USC, and then injuries happened, uh, like you kind of mentioned. And then next thing, you know, one thing leads to another. You're banged up with injuries. USC is a place that recruits really well, and all of a sudden you've got some guys on the depth chart, and, and you're just not seeing a path to maybe getting on the field as much as you want to that place. So, I think he could come to Wisconsin with, with a fresh start and, and really do some things well. He maybe isn't going to be a guy that you're going to lean on primarily, but 
Wisconsin, for the most part, in in the past and the years they've had success, have had guys in, in seasons. They've had two or three guys that they can lean on. Berger, uh, along with him, would would be a nice combo. You get one of those other guys worked into the fold. Maybe it's it's Julius Davis further. Maybe Nikia Watson bounces back and and has some sort of uh, career revitalization and, and comes back and is part of the backfield. Maybe it's one of your 2020 guys um, in in the three that they're bringing in. So I think this would fill a gap really nicely for what Wisconsin kind of needs. You've got your primary back in Berger, but he's still learning a little bit. He's still younger. If you could bring in a guy like that um, and kind of have a one-two punch to go with, with their games are a little bit different, I think he could be really beneficial and and really do some good things for Wisconsin. Yeah, without a doubt. I I think if you can bring in a talented player like him, um, I think you do it. Nine times out of ten, they'll make room. They'll figure out scholarship-wise how to make it happen. But um, you saw him tweeting during the game with a couple of the 2021 recruits, and and now it's just a waiting game to see um, how quickly this materializes or if he ends up opting to go somewhere else. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to to keep your eye on. Um, like like Matt mentioned, he was tweeting a little bit, so that's that's always a good sign if you're engaging, and hopefully that that means that he'll be uh, in the Cardinal and White next year. I think that'd be a a big pickup for Wisconsin as they uh, look forward to that 2021 and trying to figure out the depth chart and who's going to get the carries and all that. So. That kind of wraps up our football talk, but before we head out of here, we'll talk a little bit of basketball. I know it's not as fun of a conversation because it was a loss to Maryland, really a tough loss. You you come back after that big Christmas Day win against Michigan State, come out a little flat. You know, I, I guess it was maybe a little bit more of a trap game than than maybe some people suspected after that win. And you've got Minnesota coming up. Maryland's been a team that has really just been up and down this year, but they they scrapped it out. Wisconsin really struggled to hit shots, and Maryland just seemed to be hitting everything when they needed to. So I don't know how much you can really take from it, but what stood out to you in in that basketball game? Yeah, I mean, energy level-wise, Maryland was was by far the more aggressive team on both ends of the court. That was painfully obvious. Um, but, But really, the run that Maryland went on in the second half of, of shooting, they were lights out. Like they were unconscious scoring there for a long while. They shot 64% in the second half, um, shot over 40% from three. Um, but, but really, they just took advantage of Wisconsin inside and, and got what they wanted at will. I think Wisconsin um, really just kind of struggled in a lot of places. You look at the free throw shooting, you can't shoot 53% free throws and expect to win in in the Big Ten, especially with how good the Big Ten is this year. Um, I think this game speaks to how talented the Big Ten as a conference overall is. Anybody from the bottom of the conference can cannibalize the middle or even sometimes the upper end of the conference. This is a game that should be a nice wake-up call for Wisconsin after they were feeling themselves likely um, from that Michigan State win. They were at home. This isn't what you normally see from the Badgers. They didn't have Jonathan Davis was the only guy with a positive plus minus in this game, and he only played 18 minutes um, as he was dealing with um, you know some 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 fouls foul issues with three. But but really, you look at what Demetri Trice is doing. He's one of your lone bright spots um, in this one. He's he's put up 27 points uh, or averaging, I should say, 27 points the last two. Um, but it's going to take some of these other some other guys to step up. You know, you you look at um, Tyler Wall. He he was really struggling from the free throw line. Struggled in um, from the field in shooting as well. Um, 
the Maryland Bigs were were great and and kind of messing up with what Wisconsin wanted to do. Both Micah Potter and Nate Reavers struggled from the field in, in this game, and, and so I, I think the Badgers have a lot of cleaning up to do here. Um, but but really, you look at this game and Maryland just dominated Wisconsin in the paint with 38 points in, in the paint. That's that's over half of what they what they scored. And Wisconsin with with having two bigs in their lineup just can't allow that to happen. No, definitely not. And I like that you mentioned the the Trice. You know how much he's been scoring, and and it's certainly not a knock on Demetri Trice at all for for him to be scoring a lot, but. Wisconsin, if they're going to win a lot of games, I don't think you want Demetri Trice to be, you know, a guy that's you have to rely on to score uh, at will. I think he's more of a distributor. It's nice for him to get some points and, and buckets in there, but he's the, the offense is better when he's, you know, dribble driving and able to kick the ball and knocking down shots and not being, you know, maybe the number one guy um, that way. So I think that's definitely something to note as well. But Sometimes Wisconsin gets into these ruts where they have to lean on on him a little bit more than they want to, and, and the other guys kind of uh, get into some cold spells. So so that can happen. And in that game, it just seemed like when they were getting the shots, it just wasn't really falling. So in in college basketball, it's a little bit more magnified because you don't play as many games, and when you have an off night and you lose, it's a little bit more telling than you know. Sometimes in the NBA, teams come out and and one team's making a lot of shots. You're not making much, and it's just not your night. And that's kind of what it felt like for me in, in that Wisconsin game is that they hung tough as, as long as they could, but at the end, Maryland just had the energy. They they were making the shots, and they were able to, to come away with a win. I don't know if, if I really overanalyzed that game too much because it just seemed to be the luck just wasn't on their side in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. And you look at uh, the next game. I know that that's what we're going to be talking about next is Minnesota. And you still are going to have some of the same same things that you're going to have to deal with. Um, I, I think Minnesota is, is a little bit more guard-oriented than, than what Maryland presented with some of their, their guys. Um, but at the same time, Liam Robbins has been playing really good at center for them um, this season, averaging 13 points and, um, and, and, and hauling in almost seven rebounds. But Wisconsin's going to have to do a lot better against the guards because Marcus Carr is, is a step up from what anything that Maryland had um, in that game. So I think Wisconsin is, is going to be fine. I'm not going to sit here and say the sky is falling or anything like that. But at the same time, this Wisconsin team can, can play better than they did and how they showed that game, and they'll be the first people to tell you that. Most definitely. It'll be an interesting game to watch uh, in that when Minnesota's playing well. Um, you know, they beat some tough teams over the, the course of their last three games, beat a tough St. Louis team, knocked off Iowa and Michigan State. So they're playing well, and they're going to be ready for that basketball game against uh, Wisconsin Thursday at three 3.30 tip, I believe, right? I think it's an early one um, for the Badgers and the Gophers yeah. in on uh, Big Ten Network. So it should be a fun one, and we'll certainly – recap that as we get into uh into our next week episode so um before we get out of here guys just going to give you a little rundown for next week i will be um i will not be around so we are going to pre-record a show so we'll just have one show um next week i think we'll kind of do our wisconsin football season in review you know just kind of talk about the season as a whole hand out some of our awards. We did a similar episode last year, so we'll get into that, and we'll, we'll pre-record that, so that'll drop middle of the week next week just to give you guys something, um, but I will not be around to record two shows. So it'll just be the one, and then, of course, the, once I am and back, and, and we'll be back in the fold for two shows talking about some basketball and any news 
that we see fit. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, yeah, Matt, hopefully you enjoyed the bowl game and uh, the Mayo Bowl. And then you guys all, well, you listeners enjoyed it as well. I think it was a lot of fun. Really a positive end of the season. So we'll talk about uh, a wrap-up next time out. But uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.